And I'm Hobbs. Welcome to the Double Welcome Bread the Hockey Double Podcast. Bread Hockey Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Double Bread Hockey Podcast. Uh, this week we got some uh, pretty hot news and we're going to start off, normally we leave our news to the end, but we're going to start off, we're going to address the situation that happened this week, uh, very recently, right off the top. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, defenseman for the New York Rangers last year, he was one of the best offensive defensemen in the league, I believe he was top 10 in defensive scoring. Basically, what happened is uh, they, on Saturday night, the New York Rangers played the Pittsburgh Penguins. That game went to overtime, and while Tony Tony Angel was on the ice for five goals of four, or four goals of five Pittsburgh Penguins goals, including the overtime winner uh, scored by Sidney Crosby. So, on that play. Uh, there was a miscommunication between New York Give, who was in the Rangers, and Tony D'Angelo, which led to the goal. After the game, Gary uh, Give was in the stall, kind of doing his thing, uh, pretty distraught about the goal, you know, as one would be. Uh, Tony D'Angelo walks by him, makes a comment, Gary Give goes at him. coming in and breaking up, namely DeAndre Miller, who uh, has a bit of a, there's a strenuous relationship between him and Tony Angelo, it's understood as well. Uh, there's also some rumors that Chris Kreider got involved, but the news cannot be confirmed or denied. So this is basically the Rangers and Tony Angelo have had a pretty strenuous relationship uh, already. That was the last straw. The Rangers then went ahead and put him on waivers, which we'll cover in a bit, whether or not he cleared or what happened there. Uh, so that's basically where we're at. Uh, Tony Angelo, Bob, you had anything to say? Yes, well, you said we were going to cover if D'Angelo cleared or not later on, but what I had to add uh, would spoil that, so... Yeah, Tony D'Angelo cleared waivers because of his character issues, I guess. And uh, Rangers general manager Jeff Gordon says Tony D'Angelo has played his last game for the Rangers. And he said that D'Angelo had been upset since being scratched. A healthy scratch for the second or third game of the season. And he couldn't get over it. And some point between that scratch and the events over the weekend, Gordon told him that if there's one more issue, he'd be removed from the team, and that happened on Saturday. And Rangers president, uh, do you know Rangers president you John Davidson said D'Angelo's social media comments were not a factor. Do you know where he is now? Is he on the taxi squad right now? Or? I don't know where he is now. If I had to guess, they probably just sent him home. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking that that is what happened, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I'm going to go check the, and the roster transactions right now, but uh, apparently he's assigned to the taxi squad. That doesn't mean that he's necessarily practicing with the taxi squad. That's just his uh, official placement on the team as of right now. Yeah, and uh, John Shannon on Twitter here is 
this is last night. He says that after a quick conversation with D'Angelo's agent, Pat Brisson, he's confident in finding a new team. He says there's going to be plenty of interest and complimentary of New York Rangers GF, or GM Jeff Gordon in working together to get something done. Plenty of interest yeah, is... Yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to touch them or not. Uh, guys over in Russia might. D'Angelo uh, terminates his contract either because he's getting paid almost five million dollars. Yeah, I, I why would he? Uh, five million average annual value for this year and next year, so that's ten million dollars total. I mean, he's not going to give up that type of money just uh, for no reason to go over and play with Russia and probably not get the same type of contract. Now, if he does get offered the same type of contract before, uh, maybe he will. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. Exactly. Uh, there's this funny comment on Twitter here. Uh, I'm reading now. It says, Congrats to Sidney Crosby for scoring the goal that ultimately led to Tony D'Angelo getting punched in the face. Which is pretty yeah, funny. It's, uh, it's an interesting situation for sure. Um, Tony D'Angelo has had his fair share of issues uh, throughout his career, even in juniors, uh, for different comments and officials, abusive teammates, a uh, number of suspensions. Um, he fell in the draft because of it. He should, probably could have been a top 15 pick. I think he fell for around 22, 23 to the Tampa Bay Lightning eventually. Uh, they traded him pretty early on in his career to Arizona. Arizona eventually traded him to New York. Uh, so he's moved around a little bit. Uh, he's only 25, turning 26, so that means he's only young still. Uh, yeah. You know, as a skilled there shouldn't be that much movement. Yes. No, not at all. It's, there's definitely some behind-the-scenes action. Which, well, we know about that now. But. Anyways, so, yeah, it's 
that's plenty of less the big news for this week. Do we bring up his burner account? I, I feel like we shouldn't touch that just because that's that can't be confirmed or denied. Fair enough. Just it's not confirmed or denied, but there's a rumor on um, floating around that the Twitter account of NYRFan92360244 is Tony D'Angelo in a burner account. But we can't confirm or deny that. Alright, next topic. Let's check it out if you want to. It's it's a good laugh, yep. Uh, okay, on to what we normally cover first. Signings. Who signed this week? Uh, I'll let you take the first one, seeing as it's Pittsburgh Penguins related. Alright, well, uh, last podcast we were talking about how Pittsburgh Penguins needed a defenseman as they were very beat up on, on defense. I believe uh, they have five defensemen currently. They have Chris Letang, Mike Matheson, Quinn Dublin, Marcus Pedersen, and Yusuf Rikla. Yeah, so that's five. Uh, so basically, they're left with one defenseman who is on their main playing roster uh, from the start of the season, and that is John Marino and five other guys. Uh, one of those five guys is now who's, who they've signed, which is Yannick Weber, uh, to a one-year $700,000 deal. Yannick Weber, uh, I should have had this pulled up already, but did he, when was the last time he played in the NHL? Like, where has he been recently? I don't know. I'm not sure if he played last year or uh, down so yeah league prospects uh, he did play last year last year he played with Nashville Predators he played 41 games yeah. so he is he has still been around he was unsigned and they signed him to a one year minimum contract yep so and, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks signed defenseman Madison Bowie to a two year contract AAV of 725,000 depth defenseman help out the Blackhawks in their bottom four, I'd assume. Or a taxi squad or something along those lines. Uh, I feel like one of the important things to note in this one is that it's a two-year deal, so he is eligible to be exposed to the expansion draft. Yes, So really just catch. that uh, one more defenseman to meet the expansion draft requirements as well. Alright, well, that's all the signings since last week. Guess we'll move on to waivers? Uh, trades first. Trades first? Okay. There was one trade, but technically two trades, I guess. It was a three-team trade. Uh, it was a three-team trade, which was technically broken down into uh, two separate Two separate. Teams. Yeah. So the Anaheim Ducks traded... Uh, Jack Kopaka to the San Jose Sharks for Trevor Carrick. And then San Jose flipped Kopaka along with their seventh round pick in 2022 to Ottawa for Christian Christian Jaros. Yeah, a lot of the Trevor Carrick is a basically a defenseman who he's like an eighth, ninth defenseman. So I mean that's fine for you know I'm Jack Kopaka, I don't really know who that is. Christian Jaros, another depth defenseman, so yeah, yeah it's, you know, I would have liked to hold Yarosh, I think, especially seeing the uh, abomination that the Sens blue line is right now. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it probably could have been. Uh, you probably could have sawed it in there, but I mean, I don't know if it's much better or much worse than anything else that's already there. So. Yeah, it's kind of a wishwash situation. Just kind of a mantra. You put it half the time. Right. Moving on. Waivers. So, uh, we mentioned this at the end of last week. I think uh, Hobbs adamant that we did. I didn't think we did, but I'm Bracco, pretty uh, confident we did. Yep. While we were recording last week, uh, he was placed on waivers by Carolina. He did. That was on January 26th, and he did clear the next day, January 27th. Uh, also, the 27th. Uh, this man Yannick Weber signed his contract and in order to sign that contract or after he signed that contract in order to be placed on the roster he needed to clear waivers uh, so Yannick Weber uh, was placed on waivers by the Penguins on the 27th and he cleared the next day yeah also on the 27th uh, the Sharks placed Jacob Middleton on waivers who uh, cleared the next day as well And then on the 29th, uh, Florida placed Ryan Lomberg on waivers, and he cleared the next day. On the 30th, uh, Arizona Coyotes placed Kyle Capobianco on waivers, and I completely missed this one uh, due to all the going on on the 30th of Tony D'Angelo. Uh, but Arizona placed Kyle Capobianco on waivers, which is kind of surprising to me. I think he's a decent defenseman. Uh, and I figured he would have been picked up, but he, nah, he, uh, he actually figured as well. He did. And the next day, we mentioned it already, but Tony Angelo was placed on waivers by the Rangers. And, of course, yesterday he cleared waivers, and now he's who knows where. Clear waivers. And he did clear waivers. I was kind of surprised I didn't expect him to. He has cleared waivers. This just in Alex Jason has cleared waivers. Breaking news. Uh, so that's it for waivers for now. If we see any other waiver news while we're recording, we'll uh, update you about that. Yep. So now we can move on to the next topic, which is the, our new segment in its third week now, called uh, Who's Hot uh, and Who's Not. A little bit less new, but it's still the newest segment we've introduced, so it's true. new for now. Anyway, I'll start off with the... Uh, Hot guys. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna combine the first two because they're on the same team, and that's Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Through 11 games, McDavid has eight goals, 14 assists, 22 points. Draisaitl has six goals, 15 assists, 21 points. So combined, they have uh, 43 points 
which is uh, more points than the entire Anaheim Ducks roster. Just 41 points combined. Just 41 points combined. McDavid and Dreisaitl have 43. That's nuts. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. This is a shortened season now. If they keep up this pace, which I don't know how it would be possible for them to, they got a cold streak at some point, but I think... Uh, I love, I'd love to just see that, just because they would set records uh, in the salary cap era, I think, uh, based on their scoring paces right now. I mean, over an 82-game season, McDavid would score 164 points. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be nuts. Well, I mean, they're playing in the uh, Scotia North division, so there's no defense in that division whatsoever. So, I mean, it's possible. That's true there. They do get to play the under seven games, so I mean, they're going to play Okay, that, that was uncalled for. Dude, they put up eight points against. Yes. Very cool skins. Drysaddle was only in on six of them. McDavid was only in on five. And if Ottawa had a competent penalty kill, if Ottawa had a competent penalty kill, they might have won the game. <laughs> That's true, yes. Can we get Brandstrom in the lineup once they get back to Ottawa, please? Like, Brandstrom, keep Zub in the lineup for the love of God. Anyway, we can move on. Regardless, McDavid and Royce Ottawa have been absolutely ridiculous, and they're cheering for the Ottawa Senators moving on. Yeah, okay. So, uh, James Van Riemsdyk has been off to a hot start this year. He's got five goals, eight assists for 13 points in 10 games, and I didn't really see this one coming. Yeah, like we were rejuvenated this year. Uh, I don't know, this JPR is just doing well. It's, he's looking like, I don't know, what, what year, 2014 JPR? Yeah, something like that. 14, 15, I don't know. Probably 14. Yeah, pretty much. Off to a hot start. There's some more hot... Who else we got? We got Nicholas Backstrom. He has the exact same stat line as JBR with 5 goals, 8 assists, 13 points in 10 games. It should be noted he's been doing most of this without Ovechkin or Kuznetsov. As they were yeah, in say, COVID protocol. Yeah, we realized we didn't talk about that situation at all last week. I don't know. Maybe we should bring it up a little bit this week. Uh, basically, uh, four Russian players, Dmitry Orlov, Kovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Ilya Samsonov uh, broke COVID protocol. We're all in a room hanging out together. Uh, and Ilya Samsonov tested positive for COVID 19. Thus, the other uh, three, Kuznetsov, Orlov, uh, Ovechkin, and two, uh, also going to COVID protocol just in case. Yes, so they missed a bit of time. Kuznetsov is still not back, neither is Samsonov. Ovi is back. I don't know if Orlov is back or not. Uh, I'm not sure, but I can check really quickly. It should be noted that the Capitals were also fined. I think it was it was either ten thousand or a hundred thousand. I can't remember. I think it was ten. 
also can't remember how much it was. Anyway, they're fined money for breaking COVID protocols. Alright, so we got some, as Hicks hates me saying this, but we got some hot tendies here now. And uh, the first one <laughs> is uh, Peter Morazic of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, through four games, he has a 2-1 and record with a .99 goals against average and a .955 save percentage. It should be noted Morazic currently left the Hurricanes game against Dallas on Saturday after colliding with a teammate and he's listed as an upper body injury and we don't know how long he's going to be out. And then the other hot tendy we have here is uh, Philip Grubauer of the Colorado Avalanche. He's through eight games, he's 6-2 and two with a 1.75 goals against average and a .930 save percentage. And that's all... That's Orlov? Orlov is back. Orlov is back. Third pairing with Nick Jensen. So Orlov is back. Ovechkin is back. Kuznetsov and Samsonov are not yet back. Regardless, Nick Backstrom put up all the majority of his points without uh, any of those players. Without the Russians, yes. Alright, that's all I got for hot players. You want to jump over into the who's not hot? Alright. We got uh, Mika Zibanejad. He's not hot. He threw nine games. He has one goal, one assist for two points. He's uh, He's been pretty cold to start the year. I expect he'll pick it up because he's too good not to. But it's been certainly been a cold stretch to start the year. Yeah, that entire year. Yeah, I should mention while well, while we're on the Rangers topic, we called uh, Lafreniere cold last or er, not hot last week, but he did score his first yeah, career NHL goal, so I guess he hurt us, and now he's gonna yeah, he now he's gonna come back and win the Calder because we called him not hot in week two of the season. He doesn't even lead the league in rookie scoring. Ty Smith leads the league in rookie scoring with eight points in nine games. Defenseman for the That's Devils. Very surprising. Uh, but the Devils have been hot. Yes. Hot now. Well, so, I guess it they've been hot. They've been hot for now. Uh, we can talk more about them later on. Alright, uh, Habs fans are going to hate me, but uh, Alex Romanov shows up on the who's not hot list. Through nine games, he has one goal, one assist, two points, same stat line as Ivanajad, and he's currently on a six-game pointless streak, which is really not hot when it seems the Habs have been firing on all cylinders recently, and Romanov is getting in on none of the action. I've still been playing very well. Uh, my brother's a Habs fan, so I've watched uh, a 
little bit of Habs game, so I've been going to bed pretty early. Uh, but I've seen, I've seen a bit of him, and he still looks good. Uh, I just, I just don't think that he's had the luck of uh, being on the ice when goals are scored, or um, just getting involved in the plays exactly when the goals are scored. But he still looks good. He's still, he's not playing bad. Uh, it's just he hasn't got on the score sheet. Right. Speaking of Habs who have not gotten on the score sheet, uh, Philip Deneau, through nine games, has no goals, three assists for three points, and he's currently on a five-game pointless streak. So, again, the Habs have been hot, but Phil Deneau has not. Yeah, Phil Deneau's going to have to pick it up, too. A lot of trade rumors around Phil Deneau. He doesn't want to give the Habs a reason to trade him. No, definitely not. He's in a contract year or two, I believe. I do also understand that he is a more uh, defensive center and that it's kind of the role that he plays. He's not really made to put up a lot of points, and the younger guys like Nick Suzuki have really been more the carrying the scoring. Uh, that said, Philadelphia should be able to chip in every now and then, and he has. Precisely. Speaking of uh, being able to chip in every now and then, let's jump over to Buffalo and talk about Jeff Skinner. Uh, through the $9 million man. The $9 million man through 10 games has one assist. That's not... That's yeah. that's not hot at all. That's, that's pretty poor. Um, i got to look at that contract real quick. Uh, I... He only signed it very recently, right? He has five or six years left on that, a nine million. Yeah, something like that. Five, six, maybe four. Yeah, I think it's five. He's still only twenty-eight. Lots uh, of time to turn around, but it, that is rough. Uh, I'm not sure what Buffalo's going to do about that contract. I mean, that's a very, very large cap. In. It's very large, and I think. I might be wrong, but I think Skinner was playing on the fourth line for a little bit, which obviously can't help his production. But I guess yeah, yeah. So he's in the second year of that contract. So that was an eight-year contract. So technically, he has six and a half. If you want to keep this year as in progress, years left on that contract. Yikes! That's... Yeah, not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, there's no way they buy him out. It's too expensive. Um, really, he's too expensive to keep on the roster. I can't see a team, even a rebuilder, trying to take that on and get to the salary cap floor just because it's length. I mean, you can start a rebuild and start to be on the upswing by the time it ends. Yeah, it's certainly a rough contract. And I don't see Buffalo being able to pay the price to unload him. So I, I really don't know what's going to happen there. They really just got to try and work with Jeff Skinner to try and get him going again. Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh it could cause problems for sure if they need to like resign other guys and they don't have the money to do so because Skinner's taking up nine million dollars. I mean it can simply cause problems just because Jack Eichel already kinda of wants to leave as far as uh, understood uh, that's why Taylor Hall was brought in that's why Taylor Hall kind of went to be called this because uh, of Jack Eichel uh, but if Taylor Hall doesn't stay I don't see Jack Eichel being there any longer either I think he's going to be traded likely to the Boston Bruins but 
that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, we can cover that later on, if anything springs. That's off-season talk. Exactly. But getting back to in-season talk now, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi ends up on the who's not list. Through 11 games, he has two assists, and he's mostly been, well, he's bounced up down the lineup, but in the Ottawa game recently, he was on the wing with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't really know. It seems like the Oilers spent half the game on the power play, so uh, I didn't really see much of him on the first power play. Yeah, it could be the issue too. Actually, he's not on the top power play with the big guns. Not on the top power play. Top power plays can play most of the power play, so. Yeah. I expect Louis uh, Arby to come back and have a really strong showing. He played really well in the league last year. Um, but I've got proof wrong so far. Uh, but I do hope that he can turn it around. I uh, really hope that things work out with, uh, well for him in Edmonton. Yeah, for sure. Former fourth overall pick in the 2016 draft. Uh... The final player on our who's not list is a, it's an unfortunate one. Matt Murray makes a reappearance. Through seven games, he's 1-4-1 and one with a 4.82 goals against average and .849 save percentage. Yeah, I've seen the Complete Hockey News, a great resource for all things hockey. I've seen they had a, today, a posting on the top save percentage by goalies currently and the bottom save percentage by goalies currently currently and memory I think he was like bottom two I gotta go find the graphic no. you don't have to find the graphic because the other one was Marcus Hogberg so yeah it's it's rough for Ottawa goaltending right now but I mean you can't fault them entirely well you can but it's not accurate they haven't played well at all, but the defense is also just abysmal. In fairness for the Ottawa Senators, uh, and you as a fan, uh, two other goaltenders on that list, and right behind, or I guess ahead, technically, of memory was Tristan Jerry, uh, with an 859 as opposed to the 49 of memory, and Casey Smith was uh, listed as 10th. Uh, which with an 8.82, so it's not much better over in Pittsburgh. But to your point, uh, Pittsburgh defense is an awful lot better than Ottawa's either. Exactly. So it's it seems most of the bad goalie stats come up with defenses just can't do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, and generally I, I I do like to say that. Against average tends to reflect your defense well, uh, a bit more well. Save percentage tends to. Uh, 
show up only as true or self a bit more accurately. Uh, that's not true save percentage, I believe, is the best metric. Uh, but that's not easily calculated. Yeah, well, I mean, save percentage also. If you're getting peppered with shots and you're still allowing, like, because your defense is bad, but you're allowing, like, six goals or something, that's still not going to be a great save percentage. I guess that's when the goalie needs to make more saves, unless they just can't do anything about it. At the same time, I mean, John Gibson, he plays that in front of, or behind Anaheim, which is one of the worst teams on paper in the league, and he's one of the best goaltenders. Uh, there. That's true. So yeah, Matt Murray does need to pick it up. I really hope he can. Uh, that's all I got for who's hot and who's not, unless you got anyone else to add. Um, I would like to stay and say that John Reno, uh, I've been pretty disappointed with how he's done so far this year. Uh, there's been a couple plays that uh, he's looked pretty lackluster, and I don't know what his uh, scoring line is. I just know that the Gonics product that I've seen and and again, I, I haven't been able to watch a whole lot of bowl games. I work very early morning, so I'm generally in bed uh, pretty early as well. Bowl games are on here in Newfoundland time. Uh, but from what I've seen of John Reno, I've been very unimpressed. And we just signed him to a six-year extension, and I'm concerned at the moment. Concerned about John Marino. Not where you want to be after signing to a big contract. Uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button or anything just yet, but concerned. Moving on, what do we have in the news this week? We got Patrick Line making headlines once again. Last week he was traded for Pierre Luc Dubois, and tonight, Tuesday, he makes his Columbus Blue Jackets debut. Playing on a line with Cam Atkinson and Alexander Texier. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, that's not the line that I was really expecting to see. I would have expected that. You have two scoring forwards there with Cam Atkinson and Patrick Lenny. I guess Cam Atkinson can be a little bit gritty at times, but I figured they would have went with uh, someone a little bit grittier, perhaps Boone Jenner, perhaps Nick Foligno. Yes, but I'm guessing that's going to be the top line for tonight's game. With line A on the left or line A on the right? I don't... Line A on the left, Atkinson on the right. Line A on the left. Okay. Line A... I did bring up off-air Max Domi, and I thought that he would have got first crack with line A. But that's not the case. Jackson uh, has been playing ball, so it's understandable why they're giving him a chance. Uh, but like you said, uh, you expect him to go with Max Domi, try to get Max Domi going, but not what they've decided to do here for the first game. Not to say that we're not going to see it later. That's true. Alright, so uh, more news we got here. Um, Travis Konechny was healthy scratched by the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday which came as a shock to a lot of people because 
He's been arguably one of their best players this season. Uh, I think he has struggled at times this season uh, with his actual on-ice performance as opposed to his stat line. Uh, but last year, especially, he was unbelievable. Really broke last year. Yeah, I think I think the reason he was scratched is that Coach Elaine Vigneault wasn't happy with his uh, effort in the game before or something. I'm not entirely sure on the whole situation there. Regardless, he was a healthy scratch and it came as a large surprise uh, as he's one of Philadelphia's better players. Indeed. Although with the likes of JBR and Kevin Hayes uh, and how they played lately, I guess they could afford to. Yeah, fair enough. But they probably shouldn't keep making this a regular thing. Yeah, I like to think so. Uh, what else do we have for news here? Yeah, we have the NHL uh, three stars of the week. I think we're going to make this uh, a regular segment every week is to bring up three stars of the week. Uh, number one, first star, Patrick Demko. Uh, and I mentioned last week about the co-stars, uh, Tyler Foley and the uh, respiratory therapist in Montreal. Her name Cole first stars. Uh, so Cole first star with Patrick Demko. Uh, and I'm going to talk about him a little bit more just very shortly. Uh, we have Aleem Soleimani uh, of the Richmond Hospital. Uh, so that's his, Thatcher Nipko's co-first star. Uh, Thatcher Nipko was off to a very, very cold start at the beginning of the year, and it seems like he started to turn around because this week he was 3-0, uh, starting over pre Colby. Yes, I was quite annoyed with Thatcher Nipko this week. I might add. Yeah, there's a good point to add, actually, that uh, those wins uh, were mainly against the Ottawa Senators, so do they even count as wins? Maybe, maybe you should only get one and a half wins. They outshot the Canucks in two, if not all three games, I'm pretty sure. They outshot them 115, like 96 in the whole three-game series, but, of course, shots don't matter when you lose three of them. Second star, Connor McDavid, third star, Dan Drysaddle. We already talked about McDavid and Drysaddle, but we don't need to go over them again. Uh, it's just an opportunity for me to make more Ottawa's and there's jokes and all. I'll spare Hobbs. They're good. We get it. It's, they're both going to hot take. Today is Tuesday. They're facing the Senators again. So I'm going to stay up till 2 a.m. and watch the Sens game again because I don't know why. Anyway, uh, one of McDavid or Drysaddle will be held pointless tonight. Is that a hot take? Oh, that's a bold prediction. No. For uh, fantasy purposes, for fantasy purposes, I hope it's Drysaddle. But anyway, um, what else we got? Uh, one more piece of news this week, and then we're going to cover one last thing before we wrap it all up. Uh, there were some post-moments this week. Uh, our first, the New Jersey Devils, they placed, uh, I think, how did you said 10 guys? I believe it was 10 guys on COVID protocol, yeah. Uh, and so they've been, they're suspended actually up until at least February 6th, which is today's the second. Saturday. So that would be what, Friday? Saturday. Or Saturday, Sunday. 
Saturday. Saturday. So their doubles are not playing until at least after Saturday. Uh, I suspect it may even be longer. Uh, and also tonight, the Buffalo Sabres uh, have had their game postponed uh, as they apparently have some COVID protocol issues as well. I believe this is due to the Sabres faced the Devils in a two-game set over the weekend, and they were flying into New York today or yesterday to face the Islanders, but they didn't have enough time for the NHL to like go through their <clears throat> COVID testing and all the protocols they had to do bef and get accurate results before game time. So okay, it's so postponed out of caution, I believe. Out of caution, so the Sabres have not have it, had any actual uh, tests. As far as I know. Or they probably have had their tests now, but there's no results. As far as I know, yes. Okay. All right. That's all I got for news this week. Yep, that's all the news I got as well. Um, you covered it, or you just briefly mentioned it, but we can go here right now. Uh, breaking news. It's today, February the 2nd. It's a development in the Double Bread Hockey Podcast. A major development. We have received oh, yeah. an email. Oh, what? We have received an email. A fan mail. A fan mail. Of the E version. It is, yes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read the email word for word, because there's a some slight not PG stuff here because the email came from uh, Gord, who's in a couple of fantasy hockey leagues with both of us. And, and he knows us both. Yes, so he was just joking around, as we know. But I'm not going to read it out loud, but the, just, the gist of the email says, do some fantasy hockey stuff. So, Gord wants to hear us talk about fantasy hockey. Yes, however, I will mention, if you're listening to this when this drops on Wednesday, and you're in a, um, a league that you can make transactions for, like, the same day pickups and stuff, uh, Detroit, Tampa Bay, Boston, Philadelphia all play Wednesday and Friday, and a couple of them play Sunday, I think, which is good for off-night schedules, so you can pick up some guys from them, mainly... Uh, Philip Ronick is a guy I picked up for tomorrow for his off-night schedule. And um, there's Tyler Bertuzzi, Bobby Ryan, and Nick Ritchie if he's available. I, I recommend picking up Nick Ritchie. I have him in one of my leagues, and I've been very surprised with how well he's been doing. Yeah, so that's, that's all I got for fantasy hockey stuff, really. It's... We can try and incorporate a little bit, but we can't promise fantasy hockey stuff every week. Unless a lot of people want to see it, then maybe we can incorporate it in some way, yeah, shape, or form. Yeah, a lot of people want to hear 
uh, write to us, let us know. Uh, if you want to hear some fantasy stuff, uh, we can try and figure out what fantasy stuff is. Uh, I mentioned Hobbs, it'd be really nice if we knew a bit more about uh, MAS Analytics. Unfortunately, neither of us do, uh, but if I have the time, I might uh, have a bit more time on my hands now. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, maybe it's something I can start to look into, and maybe it's an element that we can start to bring. Yes, if anybody has any, uh, if anybody knows much about analytics, uh, reach out through an email at doublebreadhockeypodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram at dbhockeypodcast. Again, mostly Instagram because I'm a Twitter slacker when it comes to this. But, reach out. I know I keep mentioning, perhaps I'll pick up the Twitter slack and I haven't yet, but now I might actually be able to. Yes, reach out and give us some tips and help us understand these fancy analytics that we don't understand. Yeah, it's something I'm certainly interested in learning. Alright, uh, what else do you have for us? Uh, that's it, I think. Uh, actually, one more thing. Uh, well, by the, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be Wednesday, and Line will have his uh, debut with the jackets over with. you have any predictions for how he's going to do tonight? They are playing. Um, hold on, let me bring up the schedule. I don't have the. Sorry to put you on the spot. I don't have the Blue Jackets schedule memorized. They're playing Dallas. They're playing Dallas. They're playing Dallas. Uh, I'm gonna predict not a goal, uh, but an assist. I'm gonna predict that Texier scores a goal, and it's gonna be assisted by Patrick Monahan. Yes. All right. There's Hicks's prediction. I think Line will score one goal tonight. Just one. Uh, on the power play. Alright. We'll see how it goes. Alright. Now that's all I got. Alright. You want to throw a quick little plug? Quick little plug, yes. Um, well, listen on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at dbhockeypodcast. Uh, send us an email at doublebreadhockeypodcast at gmail.com and uh, you'll get shouted out. You'll get shouted out like Gord did if you send us an email. Shout out to Gord. Woohoo, go Gord. Uh, yeah, uh, just to wrap it all up, it doesn't look like there's anyone put on waivers today. Um, as far as I can see. So no waivers today. All right, thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Catch you next week.